0: Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the Gospel of Matthew, and we're in chapter 27. We're going to finish the Gospel of Matthew today, both chapters 27 and 28, and this is the story of the crucifixion and the resurrection. This is the story of the power of the cross. And may we never forget the simplicity of Jesus going to the cross for us, taking our place, taking the weight of our sin upon himself when he was innocent. So let's read about it. Let's pick up in chapter 27. This is when Judas hangs himself. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people came to the decision to put Jesus to death. They bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. Now Pilate was the Roman governor of Judea, and he took his position sometime around 26 or 27 A.D. He's obviously best known for presiding over the trial of Jesus and condemning him to death. He also famously washes his hands of Jesus' death. So it says, when Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, He was seized with remorse and returned the 30 coins to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? They replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. The chief priests picked up the coins and said it is against the law to put this into the treasury since it's blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why it has been called the field of blood to this day. Another name for it was the Valley of Slaughter. Then what was spoken about by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. And that's from Jeremiah 19. Also, the prophet Zechariah talks about it. They took the 30 silver coins, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. You'll remember we discussed last week the price of the slave, the exchange of someone who has been ransomed. And that is the purpose of this 30 pieces of silver. The next part of the chapter is Jesus before Pilate. This can also be found in the Gospel of Mark, Luke, and John. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the feast to release a prisoner. Chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So, when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew it was out of envy that they handed Jesus over to him. You'll remember that we discussed this at length with our discussion of the resurrection. Now, One thing I do want to remind you is Barabbas' name means son of the father. And as we know, Jesus is the son of the father. So Barabbas stands guilty. He stands in the place of all of us. And Pilate here offers the opportunity for Jesus to be set free or Barabbas to be set free. And so what happens is, They choose Jesus to take our place, just like they chose Jesus to take the place of Barabbas. And so we are all sons of God, and the Son of God took the place of Barabbas, symbolizing all of us. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Now, there's quite a bit of discussion among biblical scholars in Jewish history that Pilate's wife had been healed of something by Jesus. She had had an encounter with him, which is why she was so adamant about him being set free. So Pilate says, which of the two do you want me to release to you? Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then? With Jesus, who is called the Christ. They all answered, Crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, Let His blood be on us and on our children. That's such a severe response. That they would know that they would know that they would know that he was the man that should be put to death, that they would even put his blood on their children. So Barabbas was released to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. And the soldiers mock Jesus. This can also be found in the Gospel of Mark. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him, and they led him away to be crucified. It's just overwhelming to read the way that he was treated in our stead. The next part of this chapter is the crucifixion. It can be found, obviously, in the Gospel of Mark, Luke, and John as well. I'm also going to make some cross-references To Psalm 22. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the school. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. That can be found in Psalm 22, like I was just saying. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. And a lot of times you will see that depicted I-N-R-I, which literally means Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. They didn't have the letter J. They used the letter I. Two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law and elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, if he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the robbers who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. Now we know from the other gospels that one of those men actually repented and asked Jesus, salvation now moving on to the death of jesus it says from the sixth hour until the ninth hour darkness came over the land about the ninth hour jesus cried out in a loud voice you'll forgive me if i'm not able to pronounce this properly it's a mixture of aramaic and hebrew matthew translates it for us which is also from psalm 22 Eloi, Eloi, lama which literally means my god my god why have you forsaken me jesus feels the weight of the world upon himself he cries out why have you forsaken me which is the cry of humans all across the world when some of those standing there heard this they said he's calling elijah immediately one of them ran and got a sponge He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a stick, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. When Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Like I said in the Psalm of David, Psalm 22, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He says, they divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. But the next part says, But you, O Lord, be not far off. O my strength, come quickly to help me. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions and save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my brothers in the congregation. I will praise you. So when Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, He then gave up his spirit. And at that moment, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs and after Jesus's resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. So at the moment, That Jesus died at the very moment, the curtain that was the symbol of the separation between the people and the presence of God, that curtain of the temple that separated the holy of the holies was torn in two. It was ripped from top to bottom. I've read a lot of information about that curtain, about the thickness of it and about how it was ripped from top to bottom to show That it was God Himself that did it because the weight, the thickness, the impossibility of a human cutting it that quickly at that moment, it couldn't happen. God did it. God said, Look, I have now separated this curtain so that you can enter in, that you can come in and be in the presence of God because of what Jesus did. The earth shook, the rocks split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of holy people who had already died were raised to life. These are the things that happened the moment that the son of God took our place. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and they exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. Many women were there watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee and cared for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. Now the burial of Jesus can also be found in Mark, Luke, and John. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimatha. His name was Joseph. He had himself become a disciple of Christ. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. So it was new and never been used before. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. Now the guard at the tomb, the next day, the one after the preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting a guard. Now in chapter 28, the resurrection can be found in Mark and Luke as well. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, we know that day to be Sunday, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. We will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Now finally, the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples, obviously minus Judas Iscariot, the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. of the age and that is where the gospel of Matthew ends we get a little bit more explanation in some of the other gospels but here is where Matthew ends so the power of the cross and the great commission to go to the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and to share with them Jesus' teachings and everything he has commanded us to do